Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 107, and on today's episode, we are speaking with Helena from True Foods. True was cooked up literally in Helena and Mike's kitchen back in 2017, combining their passions for great tasting, healthier food that helps support good gut health. Helena and Mike and their two children took True from being a make-your-own low-sugar granola kit to a range of gut health food. But before we dig into today's episode, guys, I just want to take a moment to mention today's sponsors, Athletic Greens. It was created by its founder, Chris, after he had years of gut health issues that left him facing a health crisis with no solutions in sight. Athletic Greens is, has the mission of creating the highest efficacy bioavailable and nutritionally complete supplement to help your body function as it's supposed to, no matter your age or activity level. Now, as many of you know, my preference is obviously to get our vitamins and nutrients from food. But with our busy lives and busy schedules, that's not always possible to get the most ideal food that we need in our diets. And so I personally take Athletic Greens as a bit of an insurance policy to ensure that I'm getting my daily requirement of nutrients and vitamins. But Athletic Greens has an offer for all the listeners of the podcast today. If you go over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fitter healthier dad, you will get 10% off your first order. Hi Helena, how are you? Hi Darren, I'm good for a Friday. Thank you very much. How about you? Yeah, very good indeed. It is sun shining for a Friday as well, which is rare. <laughs> it is uh, crazy coldness that we're experiencing in the UK. I know. But um, so for people that perhaps haven't come across True, haven't come across you, can you give us a bit of background on yourself? How you come to start True? Why True exists? Yeah, of course I can. So um, my kind of background is in marketing. I've worked in marketing for lots of years both for big companies and as a consultant you know so telling people how to do it and about five years ago I kind of figured maybe it's time to stop telling people what to do and do a bit of it myself so um, I set up my own company and at at that point I literally was making granola at home from my kitchen um, in my ovens and and sending it through the post to people Um, why granola Um, because according to my kids it was the best thing I I made (laughs) I'm going to set up a business. What shall I do? And my son said, no, that granola's quite nice. It's Belgian. You make, you should sell that. Yeah. And I kind of figured, well, why not? You know, yeah. at, at the time, my husband was getting coffee through the post, you know, and right. freshly toasted coffee. And I thought, well, maybe I could do freshly toasted granola. So shamelessly, I copied everything yeah. that that coffee brand did and just put, made it granola rather than coffee. And I used to go to school, pick up the kids smelling a granola, um and it was um you know it was it was all good but I guess um there came a point when we wanted to get bigger and we kind of Mm. saw that there was a a bigger opportunity out there and by this point my husband had kind of joined the team and um we were looking at if we were going to do granola as a as a product 
what should it be to be the best it could be you know yeah. and with a background in marketing and uh, and brand I kind of felt that we needed to be really distinct and unique so we started looking at lots of trends and asking lots of whys why were people looking at free from why were people turning vegan why why were all these things happening and then one of the sort of end points we got to quite often was about gut health right and and that's when we really sort of started on our gut health journey and true as it is today and um, came to the fore uh, and what we say is that true in three words is gut healthy goodness and we aim to be you know gut healthy not just in uh, and it's not just about the goodness it's not just about the products that we make it's also in the way that we do business because we want to do things do things right yeah absolutely and I think you know to touch on the point you said there about why people go for certain brands free from and, and I think you know generally the population are always searching for healthy alternatives despite what the media might paint it as you know that we're all unhealthy and all the rest of it we are generally concerned about our health and so you know having a product which is truly you know (laughs) which is truly um you know actually healthy is a rarity to be honest because you know you know as a marketing expert they package all of this stuff up in really creative green packages and be good to you packages, not naming any supermarkets. And unfortunately, when you look at the ingredients, which 99% of us don't, they, they are far from healthy, far from it. And, and that really actually winds me up because yeah. I just think there's no excuse for it. No. You know, and I, I, I just, I get really cross about it. My son um, has had all kinds of, you know, tummy issues for the past, honest or probably always to be fair um and you know we've we've been on these exclusion diets where we've gone free from for a while um dairy free wheat free um we went on a low fodmap diet and the thing that angered me and it was anger yeah uh, it wasn't just disappointment i was just really cross about it yeah was that something might be free from gluten but it'll be full of rubbish yeah you know and it's just kind of like so you're taking the gluten now why have you got to put all of this and it's not even food, it's chemicals. Why do you put all of this chemicals into this product? I don't want to feed my kids this. Yeah. This, is not, this is not an option. You know, yeah. So you end up making everything yourself, which um, is okay if you're like me and really enjoy making food. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, people default to these unhealthy options, which are just not, they might be free from and they might meet a dietary need, but they're actually not, needing, not fulfilling a need for life. I think it's just wrong. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I, I get very animated and on my soapbox about it because my kids, I don't go to the supermarket that much anymore, but when we do, they complain to me because we spend double the amount of time that you probably should do. Because I look at yeah, every label yeah. and I'm like, right, you're not having that, you're not having that. And they and, and as a parent, you kind of feel a little bit bad because you feel like you're restricting because their answer to you is, well, why everyone else is having it? Why can't we have it? I know, I know. You know? And then don't get me started on school dinners. Because, you know, I, I just can't, you know, right now my son's trying to get really healthy. Yeah. And so he's, um, um, he's 13, you know, you can imagine yeah. he wants to look yeah. good. Um, so he wants to be, you know, he's, he's lost quite a lot of weight. He wants to lose more. He's trying to get more muscly. And he's just like, it's carbtastic at school. It's all paninis yeah. and pizzas and chips. And uh, there's no, all he wants, all he wants to eat is chicken breast, lettuce and peanuts. You wouldn't think that was like a really hard or complicated or weird diet that he's on. Mm. Can't have that. That's not, no. that's not available. And he just kind of, 
it doesn't have to be difficult to eat well. It, it really doesn't. No, it doesn't. You just need to get better at giving people choices, better choices in supermarkets, at schools, when they're out and about, everywhere. Better choices need to be available. Yeah, I think it's about awareness and understanding. Um, but we, I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast, particularly <laughs> on children's nutrition relating to education, but we won't yeah. go there. No, but, we won't go there today. <laughs> <laughs> just, so obviously in the time that we're at now, you know, I guess food goes through phases. And what I mean by that is, you know, we had the whole kind of gluten-free starting 10 years ago, and then maybe about three or four years ago, it was all into protein. And now everything's gut health, right? So why is it, do you think now, that gut health has become so popular? What What's caused this? No, I really do hope it is popular because um, yeah. it's fundamental you know, and I think it's been led by science and science is, you know, amazing. The things that yeah. scientists are discovering right now, they will hopefully change the way we live forever. Yeah. Because if we want to live to a ripe old age healthily, we have to fundamentally change the way that we are consuming food. And that's all to do with our gut health. Mm. It, everything, if you look at all of the the diseases you know there's some statistics that came out a couple of years ago which were shocking but not surprising so you know up to a third of killer diseases like strokes cancer and um, diabetes all of these things which are life-limiting diseases they could actually be prevented if you only ate 30 grams of fiber a day and that's to do with your gut bacteria you're eating 30 grams of fiber a day to feed your gut bacteria the prebiotic fiber that it needs to reduce the inflammation that causes all of these diseases, you know? So it's not hard, it's really not complicated. And then about, about one and less than six months after that research came out, more research came out, it was also still published in The Lancet, so it's all kosher stuff, um, which said that 22% of deaths, up over 22% of deaths could actually be prevented mm. if people just ate more, people just ate better food, you know? And yeah. like, you know, we're actually malnourished in the UK. How awful is that? That we're mal that we're malnourished, yeah. and it's because people are eating all of that white processed rubbish yeah. that is not doing them any good at all. We need to really just stop and be more conscious in our consumption. Yeah, and I, I think my hope is that over the what's happened in the pandemic and over the last kind of year, that people are their awareness has been at least raised on, on this on this topic. But what yeah, I find, we've got to hope that yeah, you, I mean you have. But I, th I think the massive part that's being missed right now is that, yes, we have an amazing vaccine and everything else, but they're not talking about the long term. They're not exactly. talking about why have so many people been impacted by this? Because fundamentally, we are sick. We are unhealthy. Exactly um, that. And, and it, this is not about diet per se in terms of dieting because I have a big issue with that as well this is about fundamentally understanding what food and nutrition is and what the body needs but I exactly. think one one big area that people really don't understand but it's been kind of floating around the food industry for years is fiber so obviously yeah. you know I'd like to talk to you in depth about this today so that people listening get a real understanding of what fiber actually is and just why it's so important yeah you know we are passionate about fiber yeah uh, and every portion of true you know which 
the thing about fiber is people find it really hard you know and when they think of it they think of all brand or they think of like really cardboardy tough yeah. food that is not appetizing it's not interesting takes ages to cook you know like, like brown pasta takes twice as long as white pasta and brown rice takes twice as long and it doesn't taste as good and it's it's all of these misconceptions about fiber and, and how you can how you can eat it and um, we absolutely need to eat more when we were cavemen we were eating about 100 grams of fiber a day nowadays in countries like the uk it's like around about 18 and the government are saying and the nhs the world health organization all of these big health bodies are saying we need to get 30 grams of fiber a day now 90 percent of the uk population and more women than men don't get that that 30 grams no. of fiber a day and that's a shocker you know it is a shocker and actually what's really funny is when you talk to people about it they think they do you know they say oh yes 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 i get my 30 grams of fiber and you go go through the day with them and say what did you have for breakfast oh i had I have eggs because eggs are really good because they're good for protein. I had some eggs for my breakfast and maybe a smoothie. Yeah. All right. Okay, then. That'll be bugger all fiber. Okay, what did you have for your lunch? Oh, well, I try not to eat too much bread, so I won't have any of that. I'll just have, you know, a little, like, a wrap or something, or ham yeah. or something like that. Well, not very much fiber there. And the people just lose. They just all a completely misconception of what, what they need to eat. Mm. See, that's why we, you know, it's true. We try, we're trying to make it easy. Um, we say you need to eat your 30 grams of fiber a day and you can do that with two portions of true but each portion of true is at least eight grams of fiber or at least 25 percent of your daily fiber requirements now we're not all about that cardboardy fiber we're actually quite a lot about soluble fiber right. so um, our products contain an ingredient called inulin it comes from chicory fiber and um, it comes from chicory root and it's a yeah, completely natural product it's steam extracted and, and this has been scientifically proven to help feed your gut bacteria and bring with it all kinds of, of benefits. Now, inulin doesn't, isn't brown and it isn't, it isn't hard. You know, um, our syrup looks like a kind of honey. Yeah. It tastes um, really smooth. It's half the sweetness of sugar. So it's got some sweetness there, but it's not overly sweet. And you can do all kinds of things with it. You know, you can stick it in a drink. You can pour it on your yogurt. You can pour it over your porridge. You can spread it on your toast, brown toast. You can, you know, there's so many things you can do with it. It doesn't have to be difficult. But the other important thing about fiber is it's like diversity because you want to eat different kinds of fiber from different kinds of of plant-based products because they're all feeding different bacteria within your gut. So, you know, it's not just about, we would never say, live on true because that would not be a good thing no. good for our bank balance but wouldn't be good for the people so we don't we would not recommend it diversity is really really key um and you should try and do eat up to 30 different forms of plant-based fiber a, 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 a week now that might sound ridiculous but actually our granola actually contains 11 in one packet of granola so it doesn't have to be hard the little tips that we that we as a family and um, participate in is we eat quite a lot of spicy food and, and I use I use mixed spices and that you know I don't have to have a whole cupboard full of stuff so like garam masala contains loads of different spices each of them is a plant-based fiber might yeah. only be a small quantity but it will start feeding those different bacteria you know even just plain old curry powder the, the Mexican the Mexican spices that you can buy mixed, mixed spices and my favorite is razal hanu I love Moroccan food that's yeah. just packed with all different kinds of spices 
And the other one thing that we go through packets and packets of are little tins, little packets of um, mixed seeds that you can pick up in all the supermarkets. Yeah. Um, they contain five or six different seeds, a little sprinkle of that on anything, um, on a salad, in your soup, top of your vegetables, in your curry, just almost at every meal. You know, we don't have salt and pepper on our dinner table when people are having dinner. We have a packet of seeds, which look at it, sound a bit strange, but my yeah. goodness, it really does make sure you get those 30 different forms of fiber in your week. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it's really important that you actually highlight that. I wasn't aware around the, the you know, the, the spices, but it makes perfect sense. You know, it's plant-based um, because when you do say to people, well, 30 different types of plant, they're like, wow, you know, uh, and I make a conscious effort every week when I do my shopping to buy a new vegetable that I probably haven't. Yep. Eaten. Um, and I think, you know, having this, this balance, what well, say balance, but a diverse gut microbiome is very, very important because obviously as, as I think it's Socrates said, all disease starts in the gut. Um, so, you know, the majority, I think the majority of the population and lots of people listen to this, you know, have all kinds of digestive issues. Um, and it, it comes from the gut, you know, but where do you, where do you stand on fruit? And because obviously fruit contains fiber. So what's your view on that? Because obviously it contains sugar, but it's natural it sugar. Look, fruit you've got to be careful with. That's where I stand on it. Yeah. You know, I kind of think that um, we should be really clear and the government should be really clear on guidelines. When they say five portions of fruit and veg a day, that should be five portions of vegetables or four of vegetables and only one of fruit. There is, yeah. They're not equivalent. They're really, really not equivalent. And it depends on the kind of fruit. So, you know, my preference is for berries. You know, right. I really, I'm a big berry fan. Yeah. So whether that's strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, um, they all contain um, polyphenols, which are, um, whilst they're, they're not fibres, they also help feed your gut bacteria. So they are really good for you. Um, and also they can, some, of the, some berries contain a surprising amount of fibre. So um, you don't really think about it, but strawberries, all those little seeds on the edge of a strawberry, that's all little pockets of fibre. So, you know, there's hidden fibre in, yeah. in seeds that are in, the veg- in, in some of the fruit. You know, so um, yeah, uh, bananas. Uh, green bananas are good for you. Yeah. Brown bananas are not. Banana bread is not good for you. Don't think you're getting one of your day for having a slice of banana bread. Yeah. That is not good. Or that's not good. You know, something is better than nothing. You know, a little bit is is never going to harm you, but you do have to be really careful, particularly about fruit juice. You don't want to be slugging gallons of that stuff. You know, it's not good for your teeth. It's not good for your insides. Just in moderation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think the whole, uh, I cringe when people say I'm on a juicing diet because I'm just like, well, you're just Happy having, way to goodness. <laughs> just yeah. having liquid sugar. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Having that diversity, you know, uh, and I think for, for children as well, making sure that they have diversity. And my take on this is that they might not like all of the fruits you offer to them, but at least they've tried it once. That's my view. Yep. You know, they need to try it once. You know, and I'm a, I'm a great soup maker. I love making soup. Yep. Um, I make soup every week. I make soup. Um, and often, particularly when my children were younger, I made tomato soup. Right. And um, that, had, that had tomatoes in as well as, everything else yeah. you know and it doesn't matter what it was anything in the fridge be that yeah. aubergines courgettes carrots parsnips anything and i would I'd make i wouldn't just serve it as soup i would serve it in a dollop of it in a curry dollop of it in spaghetti bolognese just 
hide it in as many different things as possible. And the kids never complained. They didn't realise they were getting tons of vegetables. But, you know, you can make it easy for yourself. It hasn't always got to be a chore. And, you know, I'm, I've been there where people just, in the children's and adults alike, the thought of vegetables physically makes people uncomfortable. They just yeah. kind of like, oh, I can't possibly do that. And it's like, okay, then how do you make it easy for yourself? Smoothies and soups. Yeah. That's how you make vegetables easy. If you can't, I love, I love a nice crunchy courgette or a nice yeah. bit of broccoli, you know, but I know I'm a bit odd. So, you know, you can't, you can't always, you know, it's, you're not all, you have to make it easy and for people to try and adopt these kind of lifestyles, which will really help them in the end. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing, you know, this is a lifestyle thing and it sounds a bit grand when you say lifestyle change, but actually, you know, it, it won't hurt you to just kind of stop and look at your lifestyle and say, you know, what is my relationship with food? Where have I learned my understanding with food? And, you know, we all know it's, it's become from when we're brought up, right? Our relationship with food and it evolves, but you will do yourself no harm by stopping and thinking, actually does, you know, is this right for me? Is, am I getting all the nutrients that I need? And just asking yourself that question and then just trying something different. And, I, and it, the yep. interesting thing you say about um, people and vegetables, I coach so many guys who have had um, scars from their childhood yep. where they will not eat vegetables. They just will not yeah. eat them. Their actual thought makes them feel sick. But the problem with that is that they are missing so many nutrients in so their much. diets. Um, and like we say, that, that brings on a whole host of other things. But I just want to go back to, to inulin because that's when I came yep. up through um and the story behind that was my son was having gut gut problems and you know um I'm, I'm fine with them having porridge oats but i don't like that packet stuff because of the sugar in it and so yeah. i went and searched and then i found true i found your syrup and your you know, the chick chicory root inulin and it was absolutely perfect and i argue that they couldn't even tell the difference between you know this other rubbish stuff <laughs> try not to <laughs> brand and and the stuff that I was making at home with whole milk, unhomogenized milk, and a big dollop of, of true inulin in there, mix it up on the stove, and it was perfect, very tasty, nice and sweet. But then they was also getting a huge dollop of fiber. Um, and yeah. it really, really helped his gut problems, really helped it. So in the, the creation of all your other products, I'm assuming that that forms the inulin forms the base to, to achieve the sweetness. Is that correct? So right now it does. Um, inulin is, is, is in every single true, every, every portion of true. And also not as a token, not just so that we can put inulin in it. Yeah. Um, you need to, and this is really important for people to realize, this is another one of those packaging nonsenses, is that um, you have to eat, but for inulin to have its scientific benefit, you need to eat 12 grams of inulin a day. Right. Um, I, there is another packet of granola that does have inulin in it. To get your 12 grams of inulin, you have to eat the whole box, <laughs> um, which is not really realistic no. on a daily basis, no. is it? No. And that makes me cross because, you know, again, you're just trying to fool consumers. Um, what The two portions of inulin that you, the two portions of true that we would recommend you have a day, that gets you your 12 grams of, of right. inulin that you need to, and whether that's for gut mobility, um, you know, motability. So it really, um, it, it can help if you've got constipation. Um, and, you know, um, when you work on true, who becomes an, an inevitable part of your life and discussion? <laughs> um, but, you know, I've 
have had consumers on the phone. I've got some lovely consumers, one's called Charlotte from Manchester, who has rung me. Um, actually, her story was a real sad story, you know. Right. She had um, cancer last year and she had to have, I think it was a hysterectomy, and she had really, you know, difficult time. And as a consequence, she's constipated. Um, right. and, but she's one of these people who really want to be fit and healthy yeah. and went to her doctor and said, you know, is this it? Am I, am I going to be on this medication forever? Have you got something else? And the doctor said, no, you are going to be on that medication forever because that's what you need to go regularly. You need to take this medication. Uh, and she rang me up, bless her, and said, you know, I don't know if you can help me, but I, I don't want to do this. Do, yeah. How much true do I need to have? And could I give it a go? And I was, yeah, of course, you know, absolutely. This, you know, the science, the papers, all the science papers say, if you have two portions of true a day, and that could be a porridge and a granola or a spoonful of fiber, you can mix it up. You should go to the loo frequently. You know, it should, it should, mm. you should be back to normal, normal um, stool frequency. Anyway, she rang me up a couple of days later, less than a week later, to say, I'm off the pills, on the true, going like a trooper. So, I mean, she was... She was so happy, you know, where you just kind of think, is this it? You know, yeah. surely, why, why are we always popping the pills rather yeah. than looking at food as medicine? Because, you know, it can be, it really can, you can help well, yourself with nutrition yeah. by food. I, I truly believe food is medicine. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think, again, just coming back to awareness and education, it's a massive part. And, and I believe we would save the NHS billions a year. Billions, Absolutely billions. If we understood this more. Um, so chicorinulin is a real, it is a real food as medicine ingredient. Yeah. You know, it has been, it, it's zero on the glycemic index. So if you use that rather than sugar or honey, you won't get those sugar spikes that you, you get with when you eat sweet stuff. You know, and all of this has got loads of science behind it. So you're 12 grams a day. And that's what you, you need. And it's like an magic potion. But it is a high FODMAP product. Right. It's really high in fermentable fibers. Yep. And that, to a certain extent, for most people, is why it's really effective. Yeah. Now, there are some people who have um, some forms of IBS where they shouldn't be having high FODMAP food right. um, because it just irritates their, their... It's kind of like almost like they're having an allergic reaction yeah. to it inside their tummy. And there's more and more signs coming out about this. So as a consequence, we are also looking at different forms of high fiber, high soluble fiber products that we can include in our products. So right now everything contains inulin, but actually we're looking at what else is out there, yeah. where in the future, where can we go? Um, we're also looking at, so prebiotics is the fiber, yeah. probiotics is the bacteria, and the new stuff that people are talking about is postbiotics, okay. which is the kind of, it's the short chain fatty acids and the other things that get released when, you're, when the bacteria eats the fiber, it releases these short chain fatty acids. And right. these are, this is the exciting stuff that does all the good things and it reduces the inflammation in your body. It gets everything working properly. And postbiotics is trying to isolate some of those and we could potentially use that as an ingredient in the future. And some of them don't taste great though. So it's that's no, always the no, challenge, you know? Yeah. And that's why we love inulin because it tastes great and it's really functional. So it's just sort of, um, yeah, we're, we're always looking to the future and we're always watching the science. We're always seeing what could we, what can we learn and how could we incorporate this into a food that can actually be enjoyable and help people. Yeah. And I think there's also, you know, a, a thought that, that people seem to assume that if it's healthy, it's not going to taste nice where well, I don't subscribe to that. I mean, you know, no, you're definitely not really 
putting a lot of time and effort into finding other things. And I'm, I've no doubt you'll find that, that you know, the, the new thing, which again, tastes good. It doesn't taste rubbish. And I, yeah, I don't subscribe to it because I think good food tastes good. Um, quite yeah. Uh, and if you, you know, well, chocolate's a classic example. Mm. You know, we, we do chocolate everything. We do chocolate granola, chocolate porridge, and a chocolate syrup because people like the taste of chocolate. Um, and there's this misconception that it's going to be bad for you. Mm. It's not the chocolate that's bad for you. It's the sugar and the, and the fat that they put in that's bad for you. Yeah. The chocolate, the actual cocoa is really good for you because, again, it's full of, full of polyphenols, which yeah. are great for your gut bacteria. So it's a, for us, chocolate is a win. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a really good thing. But, you know, I'm telling my kids, get stuck into the chocolate you yeah. know this is all good stuff you know yeah. it's not all bad no absolutely no i completely get again it comes back to that understanding but like going a little bit deeper into gut health because obviously you're you're kind of shifting a little bit more now and you're you're getting more into gut health and testing yeah. you know i just want to kind of highlight the kind of fundamental elements to gut health because because Gut health and mental health are, 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 are connected oh, yeah. because we've got the vagus nerve between the gut and the brain. You know, if our guts are inflamed, you're going to get inflammation on the brain. So can you talk a little bit about that, particularly around, you know, I, I work with a lot of guys that struggle with sleep, that struggle with stress and that kind of thing. And these things are a two way street, mm. right? So, you know, you, you have bad gut health, you'll suffer from poor sleep, you'll suffer from um, stress. You get stressed. You, it has it will be working both it work in tandem. So you you know when we talk about gut health, we talk about four pillars. And um, diet is one pillar, but so is stress management, exercise, and sleep. They all work together um, to maximize your gut health. So when um, we're doing any gut health recommendations on our website, there's the gut health guide. It's about everything. It's not just about eating food. Yeah. We can we can we can get you away there with the food that we encourage you to eat. But you have to try and work on all of those areas. Um, in terms of gut health and mental health, this is a real passion point for us because um, my um, father-in-law has Parkinson's disease right. and my dad has mental health issues. And we're acutely aware that those are both hereditary. Yeah. And, um, you know, but they're also changeable. Yeah. Um, and, and they're highly related to your gut health. So, you know, if you can take care early on not, not don't leave it until you're 17 no. and go oh shit i've left it too late you know what do i what can i do now and then you're get your gut in prime condition and look after yourself then you know there's no need for you to get those diseases and parkinson's is a really interesting one you know they're even getting to the point where they can almost identify the bacteria that could be at the wow. cause and and when they get to this you know we needn't we needn't have these diseases in the future no. if we manage to control it properly so it's it's super exciting and the whole you know the gut brain axis thing it makes sense doesn't it you know yeah. i know that yeah. when i am when i get nervous the first place i feel it and it's tiny things like i get a tiny bit nervous when i fly i fly a lot in the past i've flown a real lot yeah. i do get a little bit nervous stepping on a plane first place i feel it is always in my gut yeah. so you know it of course it makes sense yeah but so why haven't we done something about it before no i know and mental health in britain is not good it's no, really, not. really not good right now. So yeah. I think that getting people to think a little bit about what they're putting inside their mouth is essential to make sure we can try and manage this as we move forward. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, there's a lot of emphasis, quite rightly so, on treating it. But I've not seen too much on the treatment of the diet because, 
you know, particularly in the younger generation, obviously this is talking about dads, but you know, dads are going to have children. You know, if you've got children who are consuming crazy amounts of highly processed food, takeaway food, their mental health is not going to be the best. Um, because all of that information, all that bad bacteria is just going to go up into the brain. It's going to inflame the brain. Um, and the, the mental health, you know, results will be obvious. So I think it's very important that, you know, I'm not trying to demonize takeaways. I like a takeaway every now and then I don't have it that often, but I do have one. Um, but it's just have, again, having that awareness that what we put into our bodies does affect our mental health, our physical health, all the whole kind of, you know, circle of life, if you like, you know, so yep. it's, it's very, very important to just to kind of mention that really, but you're, you've moved on a step from that with true. And I don't know if you could, if you can share this, you've shared I this can. with me. I can, it's today, it's today, Darren, <laughs> today is the big day. Okay. Um, yesterday we got our delivery of our exciting new product, which is um, a gut health testing kit, um, which I, I, I did an announcement on Instagram. And I think people are thinking I'm going to talk to them about an exciting new granola or a new <laughs> a new bar or something, but yeah. I'm not. I'm going to talk about a poo testing kit, um, which um, will be a, <laughs> probably a bit disappointing for some people. But for us, actually, it's um, really exciting because we're going to be the first supermarket brand, if you like, that's saying, Do you know what? We are so confident that yeah. our product will benefit you that we're going to let you test and you can see the difference it makes. So um, these these tests, they cost, but they retail at £80. And we're doing a special offer through the month of May where it's £65. And we will always be doing special offers on these kind of products yes. just because we want to make it accessible. Yeah. And that, it's not just about the price. The thing that's really exciting about our kits is that you get the results in a week, um, yeah. which I think is, you know, we've, we've got a partnership with, um, with a, a lab in Derbyshire um, who are really great guys. Um, and they basically, you know, it's all postage paid. So you pay for your kit. The next day we'll deliver it by courier to your house. You do your business, collect your sample, put it in the Royal Mail. Then within seven days, you'll get an email with these are your results. And it's a functional gut test kit. So this is not looking at the bacteria in your gut. Right. What it's actually looking at is how is, your, how is that bacteria working and it, what is the effect that it's having on your health? Right. So it's about functionality, not just about composition, because this is, it's just really important. The other tests in the market tend to be comp composition tests. Yeah. And then they assume from the composition how your gut is functioning whereas our test is actually looking at the, the short chain fatty acids that i was talking about before the yep. butyrate the propanate the acetate looking at these um within your gut assessing the levels and then telling you what you can do to optimize them and how you can increase them how, how you can increase them so that they can then reduce the inflammation and do all the good jobs that they need to do so yeah and we're super excited about it because um you know finally people can test right now next week by next yeah. week they could know how good their gut health is um we've had the company that we're working with have done a lot of these tests recently and for most people the results are not that good no uh, and yeah. that's for me a real worry you know there's yeah. loads of people walking around britain whose guts are not in a good state and mm. and they really need some help um to move them on so, you know, you fill in a little questionnaire, you, you do your poo sample, and then you'll get your results. And with your results, you'll get some lifestyle and dietary advice. So, you know, we do, we do ask about how much exercise you're getting. You do need to get out. And we're not talking about running marathons. No, no. We're talking about getting some fresh air and going out and doing some walking, doing what you can to just get that heart rate up, you know. Yeah. 
and we talk about you know how much are you drinking um those kind of things are going to have an impact you know you need to it's not about being a spoiler like you say you know it's not about never having a takeaway it's about getting some moderation back to your life and introducing some good habits so that they do outweigh the bad ones yeah but life is about enjoyment and having fun too so you know 100 get the balance right yeah 100 i couldn't agree more because automatically when you talk about health and you talk about nutrition people think oh it's restrictive oh i've got to go no you don't this is the and this is for me the fundamental element of where the diet industry has led us astray for so many years it's not about that if you have nutrient dense food i'm getting animated with my hands now (laughs) you dieting is it becomes irrelevant absolutely irrelevant because the body gets what it needs but I think more importantly, Elena, is, is what you said there is around, and this is a, another big thing for me, is, is around the data, around understanding. So the analogy that I always use is I would argue that the majority of the people in the UK, specifically guys, take care of their cars more than they take care yeah. of themselves. So for example, if you if you're a guy listening to this and you get in your car today, and the engine management light starts flashing orange, you'll book that straight into the garage. Well, most of us will anyway. Yep. Why is it then, if we get a little warning light in our bodies, we just ignore it or we'll just pop I know. it, right? And this is where what you're doing, I think, is so good because it's now giving people the insight. You're not just claiming on the box, you can do this with your gut, your gut will be amazing. You're actually saying you can do this with your gut, and we're now going to prove it to you. And also, not only that, we're going to help you fix it, which I think exactly is that. fundamental. And I think it's, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy about it because I just think more brands need to be doing this. You I need agree. to be saying, you know what, you can't make assumptions about how you look on the, the outside, on the right. inside, you know, how you look now, what's actually happening in there. Yep. And it's also not just about the thin people also have bad gut health absolutely you know so you know it's not just about how you look it's sometimes you know gosh there's all things going on so it's really important that people get this insight on the inside so that they can make the necessary changes so that they do live longer a happier healthier life yeah absolutely and so when this test comes out is this going to be available on the true website or is this something separate or is it all part of yeah true? no it's going to be it's going to be on the true website this afternoon we're literally going through checking awesome. through everything um today it'll be on the true website it'll also be on amazon maybe that'll be tomorrow but um yeah we want to try and make it available to people and you know literally you order it on monday you get it tuesday so yeah. it's um that's that's what we you know, some other tests they take up to six to eight weeks to get the results and my goodness i can't wait that long you know, i had to wait five days for a blood test result and i got really cross <laughs> so you know and that was from yeah. the doctors but i you know i just kind of think you don't you want to once you when you when you've decided you're going to make a change you want to do the test to get the results so that you then can act on it you don't want to be waiting months um no. and you also then want to be able to do it again and see the benefits that you've made it's such a motivator it'll make you want to do it again yeah exactly there's no more guesswork and i th- i believe that we're in a unique time in society where the science is coming out the data's there support it you know this home testing model that's kind of evolving I think it's fundamental and I believe, you know, it's something which we actually should have it as part of our yearly lives. So for, well, as example, I test my gut health twice a year, um, but that's me. I have blood tests 
twice a year. I do vitamin and mineral tests and all this kind of test. But that's me just making sure that if there's anything going awry, I can fix it. I can change yeah. it before I need to go to a doctor or involve a hospital or anything else like that. So it's it's about adopting a maintenance method, a maintenance model. It sounds a bit grand, but essentially just taking care of yourself. It is. And, you know, I am really passionate about this, too, because um, I, have, I suffer from anemia. Um, right. And I actually look back and think, God, I've been an idiot so many times where I've known I'm anemic. Mm. Um, and I haven't gone and got the test right. um, because I and I don't know why I haven't gone and got the test yeah. and it's held me back from doing so many wow. things now as a child as a teenager I stopped playing sport because I got um I was so unfit because I got out of breath all the time no yeah. I wasn't I was just anemic I didn't know I never had the test and that actually stopped me from doing that oh so much sport now at the age of 50 I started playing rugby for my local women's rugby team <laughs> Um, how mad was that? But I yeah. just recovered from anemia and I got, I got fit. I was running 5Ks. I felt really strong and, and I never felt better. And, I, and my biggest regret is that I never got tested earlier and I, didn't, no. I, wasn't look, I wasn't looking for the signals. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was so busy looking out at everything else happening in the world. I wasn't thinking about myself. And there is a time to be selfish because it, the impact that these things have on you it's huge. You know, I just kind of, I'm really sad at all the things I missed out on. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think the impact is huge. And, and I, you know, you can, you can slice and dice it in many different ways And to touch on the point that you said about being selfish, but I would argue what's, you know, is it selfish? Are you yeah. not being more selfish by ignoring it? Because I've, I've worked with quite a few dads now who have got type two diabetes, have had many strokes, have got liver issues. And the only time they do anything about it is when it's happened, right? Yeah. Why not do it? Why not even not let it happen? And so, you yeah. know, we all, you know, specifically guys, we say, you know, we want to provide for the family, we want to be there for the family. How can you be there for you and your family if you're not there for yourself? Right? Exactly that. You know, that's such a passionate, really powerful message. Yeah. So I was going to ask you five things that you could recommend today for people who yeah. could uh, improve their gut health. But I reckon I can guess what one and two is anyway. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> <laughs> number one is absolutely eat more fiber. Yeah. You know, it is the number one thing that you can do. And don't ne think negatively about it. If you want some inspiration, come and look at our website. We'll show you how you can eat fiber and have fun. It's not all bad. So eat more fiber. And then number two, unsurprisingly, eat a diverse range of fiber. Yeah. So, that, I mean, those are the two diet tips that we would highly, highly recommend. And um, number three is sleep. I've always been a lover of sleep, but now I track my sleep because yeah. um, it's not just about the length, it's the quality of the sleep. Um, you need to make sure you know, there's, there's some amazing books on sleep out there and they really bring your attention to why it is important. Oh, yeah. It's, about, it's a time when your body regenerates, it's a time when it gets better. It's a time when it logs all those memories. It's so fundamental for your physical and mental, mental health and well-being. You need to sleep. Saying I can get by on five hours is a fallacy. You cannot. This will, dementia is increasing off the scale. People don't sleep. It causes dementia. It's as a proven, as a proven link. Just get your sleep. There you go. I'm very passionate about that one. <laughs> um, the next one is exercise, which, you know, I am never, you know, exercise has been a struggle with me for my whole life partly because of the anemia and partly because I've just never been that sporty. Mm -hmm. um, I did the, the couch potato to 5K 
Um, and actually that just showed me that I could, as a, you can do so many things you can't, you don't, you think you're yeah. self-limited by your own beliefs. Absolutely. You know, get rid of those self-limiting yeah. beliefs and go and give it a go and see. I've also recently got a dog. Oh my goodness, I'm smashing 15,000 steps a day. Really? It's not a problem. Just do things, you know. If yeah. you haven't got your own dog, take someone else's dog for a walk. But exercise is crucial to get your body moving and, and send, yeah. you know, and the serotonin that you get, the good vibes you get. Getting the fresh air is all essential. So that's number four. And the number five is going to be a, a bit of a controversial one. Um, fasting. Yes. Um, so fasting is, is something which um, people think is a crazy idea. Actually, um, it's not. It's a really liberating. Now, I'm not talking about going for days and days without eating. I'm talking about just changing the times when you eat. So, you know, if you can do it in an eight-hour slot, um, and, and then fast for 16 hours, it, it's really possible. So if you were to eat from, say, 10 o'clock in the morning till 6 o'clock at night, um, and two or three meals in that, in that time, the fasting allows your body time to recover and recuperate and regenerate. And I, I would really recommend people give it a go. It's, um, I, I really enjoy it. I can, get, I can do 20 hours sometimes, but you just... Yeah. You're just not thinking about food. You're just getting on with what else you need to get on with. And both your body and, and your mind has a time just to yeah. get back to, back to normal. So I would really, really advocate fasting. Yeah, I'm, I am a huge advocate of fasting, you know, for longevity, um, for cellular health. So the body goes through autophagy after 24 hours where it cleans out all of its dead cells um, for your blood sugar getting your blood, yep. blood sugar in bad for all of your intestines, giving it time to relax, you know, you know, we, we couldn't just keep running around all day. And then therefore, you know, our gut and intestines, they don't want to keep being fed all day. You know, we, the human body can actually go for a month without food. We, we don't yeah. need food for a month. Um, but unfortunately the UK and the U S are the only two countries where we have an unbelievable amount of access to food 24 hours a day. Seven, you look yeah. at Europe, they don't. Their shops open, their shops close. They don't have takeaways all the time. I mean, some of the big cities might, but the majority of European countries don't. So yeah, I yeah, we, we could do a whole podcast on on fasting, but I think yeah, it's it's very important, and it's not that difficult, right? You know, no. if you sleep for eight hours and you fast. You know, if you try a twelve hour fast, for example, you've only got to do another four hours when you wake up it's really not a biggie and like I say I find it really liberating I really enjoy my fast days I really yeah. really enjoy it yeah so, yeah give it a go yeah absolutely well it's been fascinating talk to you I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast but how can people find out about you true and everything else everything's on our website which is okay. true e-a-t-t-r-o-o um dot com um that's you know our shop's there but there's also lots of, of, of yeah. health advice um, we're also obviously on Facebook and Instagram, um, and we really love interaction, you know. So um, there's nothing more. I, I like it when one of my customers call me, you know. Um, yeah. Like I said, you know, Charlotte from Manchester really made me laugh. But we also get, you know, I just, you know, be, if people say what makes two different from other gut health brands or other food brands, it's that personal connection that we really want to have with our consumers. You know, I'm not, yeah. you know, we, every parcel we send, we put a handwritten note in it, and we really value that you know it'd be true. it would be probably better more business-minded of me to, to use a, a distribution house but we're not yeah. going to do that because when we lose a connection with people who who pay our wages 
yeah. so um you know i'm never gonna i'm ne- we're never gonna do that being being having that connection with our consumers is really popular so drop us an email drop us a whatsapp you'll get a response probably from me <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah go over and check the website out and i really advise people listening this please get your gut health checked you will be fascinated with what it comes back with but more importantly you will be amazed at how you feel when you get it balanced um, exactly that exactly yeah. that and Darren, your test is coming out and you'll get it on, you'll get it on Tuesday. Excellent. Can't wait. I love so, a good test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right. Thank you, and, uh, thank you very much for coming on uh, to the podcast today and I'll speak to you soon. Pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe and I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. <laughs>